1: next week. And uh, here's what you need to know. No, 24 countries competing. This is going to be the third... 34th edition of this competition. Um, it was originally scheduled for last summer, but it was moved to avoid the rainy season. And uh, it's going to be held in the Ivory Coast, which will be their second time serving as the host nation for AFCON. And to help us set the stage even further for this competition, we are absolutely delighted to bring in our good friend, Imbizo Zamane. Happy New Year, Imbizo. How are you? It's great to see you. I'm
2: very well. Thank you, folks. Happy New Year to all of you as well.
1: You have a new backdrop. Have we moved apartments? What's going on? Yeah.
2: Yes, we have. You guys pay me well. And so I've been able to uh, upgrade my lifestyle uh, and I'm in a new house now.
3: Beautiful.
1: It looks great on you. I love the backdrop. You are a ray of sunshine. Okay, so let's chat um, some AFCON, which kicks off next week. So for for those viewers that that might not be informed about this competition, can you tell us why this is important and sort of its perception in the footballing world?
2: I'll start with the with the second part of your question, which is the perception in the football world. Uh, unfortunately, uh, from the European standpoint, from the Western standpoint, it's not uh, it's not considered very important. A lot of uh, managers, a lot of owners have come out and and complained about the fact that it's being held uh, during this January period, which uh, admittedly it does affect many of the domestic clubs in Europe. Um, But it's it's key. It's a critical uh, component of African football development, which obviously uh, trickles down into European football, as so many European clubs, big clubs, small clubs, they have African players in their teams. And these African players, many of them wouldn't come to be what they are if it wasn't for this competition. It's also an incredible scouting point for teams uh, all across the world. Uh, And so it's 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 huge. It's big. It's the it's the biggest showpiece on the continent. And uh, it's uh, it's an emotional one uh, for all of us African and African football proponents.
3: Uh, Mbizo, first of all, Happy New Year. Congratulations on the new place. Um, uh, I'm glad we can find the money to give you so you can upgrade because that was incredible (laughs) because I'm in the same apartment as I was before I started here. But (laughs) I want to ask specifically about a country that I think a lot of people are focusing on, a North African country in Egypt, which a lot of people are considering to be a little bit of a dark horse. Uh, Mosala has never won AFCON. You know, I think back to, uh, you know, Lionel Messi winning Copa America and how mu- how meaningful that was to him and how important it was for his career. I'm thinking for Mosala, this might be his last chance, potentially, depending on, uh, you know, obviously how healthy he stays, to win the Africa Cup of Nations. What do you think the chances are of them doing it, getting out of Group B?
2: Well, there's certainly a stigma uh, on the continent about uh, African players who are top and big in Europe but fail to do so, uh, do the same performances on the continent. So certainly in terms of his African legacy, it would be critical for him to uh, perform uh, on the continent. Uh, Egypt always has a chance. Egypt always has a chance. They're one of the most winningest teams uh, in in Afghan history. And so certainly they have a chance. But I think you described them perfectly when you call them dark horses, because uh, despite being a top team uh, with a a top uh, top, uh, history, they are not quite as good on paper or in practice as some of the other uh, giants that they'll be facing. Uh, They can certainly get out of the group, but then it it would get precarious
0: from there. Mbizo, uh, Senegal, defending champions, would you consider them to be in the group of death with the likes of Cameroon, Gambia, and Guinea? They look easy uh, by namesake, but on paper, the players that they have, would you say that is the group of death of this tournament? I I
2: absolutely agree with that, uh, Nigel. I absolutely agree. I think uh, that is probably the hardest group. And then the group that, uh, unfortunately, Bafana Bafana is in, is also one of the top groups. Uh, And look, Senegal is not in their golden age, but they're extremely strong and extremely well-balanced, attack through defense. Um, They still boast some big names, right? And I think the only team that rivals them uh, in terms of uh, their team on paper is probably Ivory Coast. Um, And I mean, they're spectacular. Diallo, Jacobs, uh, Pape Gay, Nampalis Mendy, Ghana Gay, Jackson Saar, Sadio Dia, I mean, this is a team that reads like a, an all-star team and I think uh, as defending champions, as reigning champions, they will certainly feel uh, that they have the confidence to go and, and do it again. And one of my favorite managers uh, in the history of the game as well, um, Aliyu, uh, will also be confident that they can uh, do a repeat here.
3: Mbizo, you, you named a lot of big names. Yet yeah, I didn't hear two of the biggest names in the whole continent. <laughs> we're talking about the Super Eagles in Nigeria. What are their chances? Because we're talking about Victor Boniface, Victor Osimhen, along with Samuel Chukwese, uh, Ademola Lukman, uh, Iwobi, Basi, Enacho. I mean, these are all seasoned vets. How dangerous is this Nigeria attack, and, and do you see them going far in
2: this tournament? I mean, their attacking fortitude is absolutely unquestionable. Uh, You know, I think all of those players... Um, are informed at the moment, uh, which is kind of frightening. Um, however, there are some questions about uh, the thinning midfield, which is, you know, it's always been sort of out of balance. Uh, and I think that's what Nigeria lacks. Defensively, they're also quite OK. Um, but it's the really the midfield that is would be of concern for them. But if they rely on their attack and if they uh, look to push the ball into that final third and play in their opponent's half, I think they absolutely have a chance. And uh, again, Nigeria is the giant of Africa uh, socioculturally, sociopolitically politically and obviously footballistically. And so uh, they'll definitely see themselves as having a great opportunity to reassert themselves as the top team on the continent, which they haven't done in quite some time.
0: And Bizet, we talk about this competition and how it's seen as an inconvenience for some of these European clubs and how it's frowned upon by the Western culture. How damaging is it at times when young players don't turn up for call-ups, you talk about the 19-year-old at Marseille, Mew, uh, Mew, I can't pronounce his name, but um, not willing to turn up for Cameroon. Is that damaging to the tournament when this tournament generally used to be a showcase for young African players to show what they can do when all these European scouts go there?
2: I think there's certainly an element of that. I think uh, especially when you're bigger name players. Uh, refuse to go, there is an element of of them missing out. But I think in modern times, um, I think it's the players that miss out more. I think it's a bit of a misguided attempt to demonstrate uh, a commitment to their clubs. But I think uh, another way to demonstrate commitment is to go represent your country and grab the opportunities that you're given and demonstrate that you're of value to any team, including the team that you've unfortunately had to leave uh, to go to AFCON. And so uh, I think for this kid who had never had a call-up, doesn't have a cap, uh, Muge, and, uh, you know, he's turning down this kind of opportunity. I think in the long run, it hurts him more than it hurts Cameroon. Uh, and certainly Cameroon won't look on it, uh, you know, lightly. They'll, they'll see it as a slight. And so will the fans. And so he's certainly not endearing himself to the country. And you might find that in the future, uh, even when he's at the top of his game, uh, whether it's, you know, whatever club he ends up playing for on a consistent basis, he might have difficulty getting into the team because of these broken relations. Uh, so while there certainly is... Um, a damage that happens to the clubs and to the competition. I think uh, in modern day, with the um, you know with the prestige of the tournament growing, the players lose out more than the continent.
3: Um, Ambizo, we're looking at the odds here on the screen, and it looks like Morocco obviously seems to be the favorite. They capture the hearts and minds of everybody, obviously, in the last few years. But there seems to be a little bit of a a hesitation for me to pick a North African team because they don't always have the most success in the sub-Saharan Africa. Uh, Talk to me a little bit about Morocco, and do you think they could break that stigma?
2: I think this is probably their best opportunity to break that stigma. I think uh, Egypt uh, in particular has probably been the most consistent for African teams, followed by probably Tunisia. Uh, if I'm if I'm correct, uh, but you know Morocco has a fantastic opportunity. They're flying. Their football is improving uh, on the international level, the domestic level. The women's game is being developed as well uh, in the country. They have an incredible balance of youthful exuberance with poised experience. Uh, I mean, some big names uh, coming out of Europe as well. So they'll be looking to really uh, make an impact, and I think they can. Uh, again, uh, we've spoken about it that. Uh, on the continent, it's not only your football that matters. Uh, you need some serious psychological, uh, mental, and emotional fortitude uh, because there are issues on the continent you don't necessarily deal with when you're in Europe. And so the question will be, can they overcome those obstacles? Uh, I, I think so. I think they can go far. But I'm not sure I would place them as uh, the single favorite either. I would actually say that the hosts, Ivory Coast, stand as uh, favorites.
3: Which I don't see their
0: odds. Yeah, though. I don't see yeah, the they're eyes, not even on, there. on the screen. Yeah, and yeah so- it's... My last thing is this, Um, obviously I'm of West African descent, you know, I know about this tournament and stuff like that. Let the American fans know what to expect and the big difference with this competition compared to European championships and just the the colours, the history, the traditions and how impactful this competition really is.
3: You, you
2: used a fantastic word there, Nigel, which is color. Uh, and I think that's, that's what you see. The kaleidoscope of African culture, uh, the diversity of the fans uh, and of the peoples that come together for this tournament. I think uh, in terms of the pitch, uh, it's very different from European football because you have a lot more uh, individually talented players. I think you have a lot more dribblers. You have a lot more pace and power. It's an exciting competition. Perhaps the teams aren't as tactically organized as some of the European teams, uh, but the excitement is very much the same. Uh, you know, we say uh, we say on the continent, TIA. This is Africa. And uh, you see that expressed every time on the pitch. Uh, it's going to be wonderfully exciting, extremely dramatic, uh, not just with the football, but with the refereeing, with the fans. Uh, it's it's the, one of the greatest dramas in world football. And I think anyone who's interested uh, in uncovering as well uh, young talents and maybe sending a message to the managers in Europe to say, listen, I think I've seen a player. This is the tournament to do it in. Ooh, it sounds like a
3: vibe. If, yeah. if if I'm an MLS scout.
1: Oh, yeah. I, I oh, God, am front closely. and center.
3: Heck yep. yeah. I am front and center. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm covering some gems. but quality players. Yeah.
1: Bezo, you got us all pumped up. Um, you are the best, sir. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. I'm sure we'll be catching up with you again soon uh, as we get closer and closer to this competition.
2: I hope so, folks. I'm extremely excited. And plus, I need to pay these bills. So make sure you me
1: <laughs> keep them coming. Um, all right. Vizzo, thank you so much.